they have come. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We celebrate you today. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Shout a louder amen. Put those hands together for the Lord. You may please be seated. Say it one more time. I am blessed beyond measure. All right. We have been running the series on stretch to soar. And uh, one of the things I've, I've taught on are the various principles or various areas of our lives that we need to stretch. By the way, ask your neighbor, do you have your Bible in church? Do you have your notes? Do you have your pen? Now check, say, check with your neighbor. So if your neighbor does not have, say, well, my neighbor, I think it, you should, say, I think you should take your Bible and your notes. Don't be afraid to talk to your neighbor. You are friends. Okay. I think you should take your Bible and your notes more seriously this year. All right. And those of you who have your Bible, lift up your Bible. Say, this is my Bible. Now say, this is my Bible. I love the word of God. It's impacting my life for good. Now, I know that in the digital age, there are quite a number of us. Uh, we have a Bible on our devices. But I want to encourage you that you see, get a special device like a tab that can have a dedicated Bible. Now, using your Bible on your phone, it's not that it's not good. But the problem, you know what I'm about to say is true. That sometimes, if you don't put that phone in an airplane mode, then you are there in church, messages are dropping in. Am I right? Yes, now, you want to click on Sam, before you know it, you have clicked on Facebook. Or whilst the service is going on, you are reading your Bible, then the WhatsApp message will just pop up. Bam! And you are tempted beyond measure to click on it. All right, to open it. So it becomes a distraction. This is the reason why it is important for you and I to take seriously in investing in a personal device. That's why you need to get a tab. If you cannot afford a tab, then in the meantime, get a physical Bible that at least WhatsApp can pop on it and the rest. Now, for you, if you're in church right now, I want to ensure that your phones are switched off or on airplane mode. All right. Put that phone on airplane mode and so that you can concentrate on receiving the word of God. So I want you to ensure that you have put in that phone right now on airplane mode. If your phone cannot be put on airplane phone, then don't worry. Switch it off. Okay. Switch it off. Then um, use the one, the Bible on the screen. Okay. Hope this instruction is clear because the Lord is going to touch your life in wonderful ways today. I thought somebody would say amen. amen. Do you expect God to talk to you today? Hallelujah. Now, last week uh, I spoke on two subjects. Personal development. And under personal development, we have spiritual development. But let me just make some clarifications. 
when I'm referring or when I mention personal development, I want you to know that Okay, so I want you to note that personal development is not development of your body because you are more than a body. So I feel that unconsciously, some of us, when we hear personal development, you are thinking of body development. No. So when we refer to you as a person, what makes you a person is your spirit, your soul, and your body. Say my spirit, my soul, and my body. These are the three components that makes you a person. All right, you are a spirit being, you have a soul, and you live in a body. So the real you is not this body. The real you is your spirit. And your spirit have a soul, and you live in a body. So when I'm talking about personal development, now that definition covers what you do for your spirit, your soul, uh, and your body. Do you understand what I'm saying? I need to make that clarification because it's very important. Now, one of the things that I spoke about last week is development of your spirit, growing in your spirit. And um, one of the areas I said we should, we need to grow is what? It's going through your notes. Let's go through our notes right now so that we'll be sure that we, we, we value our notes. So what, what are the areas I said we must grow? I mentioned some key areas. The first one was what? Grow in the word, right? Grow in the word of God. You must grow in the word of God. And the second one is what? Grow in prayers. You must grow in your prayer life. All right? Then I went on to mention the two importance of prayer. If you understand, if you have your know, what are the importance of prayer? Number one is what? So people on this side, you, didn't, you don't have notes. So the first one is what? Prayer ushers you into what? Intimacy with God intimate relationship when you say intimate relationship that means there are things you are privy to that others are not privy to the second importance of prayer is what prayer ushers you into what good communion with the holy spirit prayer ushers you into communion with the holy spirit and communion is what? I define communion. The Greek word for communion is what? The Greek word for communion is what? If you check, it's there. This is why it's important to recap. The Greek word for communion is koinonia. 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 K-O-I-N-I-A. Koinonia, N-O-N-I-A, koinonia. And what is koinonia? So it means participation. So for instance, you are doing something and I'm participating there with you. 
my presence is there. You can see me. What you are doing right now is that you are participating in a service. So you are hearing me, you are seeing me, I'm seeing you. That is koinonia. What we are doing right now is koinonia. We are fellowshipping together. So it means to participate. It means to fellowship. To fellowship. Fellow in a ship. We are together. Heading on a journey. Going towards a direction. Fellowship. Koinonia means communication. I am communicating with you right now. I'm speaking to you. You are understanding what I'm saying. That is koinonia. All right? It also means sharing. When I take of what is mine and I'm giving it to you, and you take of what is yours and you give it to me, that is koinonia. Because of the relationship we have, we are now sharing things together. Do you understand? It means sharing. So when we pray... We have that fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's not negotiable. You become more intimate with the Holy Spirit. You know the mind of the Holy Spirit. He shares his ideas, his thoughts, his inspirations. His resources are shared with us. That is koinonia. And you enjoy this in the place of prayer. So prayer is beyond asking God to meet your need. Beyond meeting your need, that fellowship produces extraordinary relationship that transcends what you can even think or ask for. For instance, most of us, we came from a home. Even though our needs, material needs are met in that home. But you know that there are so many other benefits you enjoy being part of a family that you don't even ask for. The name of that family is conferred on you. You have relationship with other members of the family. There are so many things that have been done for you by the virtue of the family you came from that you do not even ask for. That is going on there. So you see, fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit is not all about going, Lord, meet my needs. Lord, meet my needs. Lord, meet my... No. When we fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we are just saying, this is the family I belong to. I'm a child of God. I belong to God. So sometimes you are just there worshiping, forgetting about everything you need because you know that you have a father who can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you are able to think or ask for. Do you realize that in your family, it's not every time you wake up and start asking your parents for things. You are just there enjoying the fellowship of one another. Sometimes you are just, there is nothing to ask. You are just there eating. Sometimes you are just there watching TV. Sometimes you are just there enjoying. Sometimes you even quarrel. Am I not, am I not right? Yes, you have this, but you are, is, you are part of that family. When you belong to the family of God, when you became born again, it's not about give me, give me, give me, give me. It's more about developing that relationship with God. This is why praying in tongues is very important. You see, when you pray in tongues, you are becoming selfless. Selfishness is left, has left you. You are now becoming more intimate with the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Is somebody with me? Now, under that, I also now talk about the two dimensions of the presence of the Holy Spirit. How many of you remember that? The two dimensions of the presence of the Holy Spirit. As you begin to fellowship with Him, that you must understand. The first one is what? 
the latent presence of the Holy Spirit. And the second one is what? The manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. Well, if you missed your notes, it is a good time to catch up. Now, I, there are two dimensions of the Holy Spirit. This is why we must spend time to pray. The latent present means, when you say something is latent, it means the thing is present, but it's not visible. Latency means, now, I'm present here, the thing is around, you can, it's present, but you can, it's not visible to the eyes. You can't see it, but it's present. Now, when you became born again, the Holy Spirit came to fill you. That's a latent presence. It was the one that convicted you of sin. The Holy Spirit is the one that brought you onto Jesus. Now you have the latent presence of the Holy Spirit. But you know something? You need the manifest presence of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, It shall be in you and shall also be with you. With you. In Mark chapter 16 verse 20, the Bible said, The Lord walking with them. So even though he was in them, all right, it began to also walk with them. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, the Bible says, Our God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, for God was with him. Now, not God was in him. Remember that Jesus himself said, Of my own I can do nothing, but the Father that is in me, doeth the work. He was referring to the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is in you, latent presence. But when it's with you, the word with means to accompany. I'm going with you. Now, so when I'm going with you, it means that I am accompanying you. It means we are going together. With means we, we, we are walking side by side. Now, that manifest presence of the Holy Spirit when he's beginning, when he's with you, is the one that begins to make things happen around your life and in your life. It's not enough to just say, I have the Holy Spirit in me. But do you have him with you? You see, manifest presence comes from the place of deep intimacy with the Lord. The Lord walking with them. As you begin to obey the Lord. And do those things he commands you. You will begin to see that there is a, it's called the anointing also. The anointing of power. When the manifest presence comes, we call it the anointing. It's the one that makes things happen in your life. Don't you realize when the Bible says, touch not my anointed. The anointing is external. People need to see you and see God. Your results in 2023 needs to be very different. Something needs to change about you. But you see, it's not enough for you to have him in you. It's better also when you have him with you. And you see, with you comes with a price. With you comes with a price. You see, you cannot have that manifest presence. You cannot have that anointing at work in your life. Without paying the price of seeking him. Seeking God does not mean that he's lost. Seeking means that you are expressing your desire for more of him. You are saying, hey Lord, whenever you are seeking God, do you know what it means? You are expressing how much you love him. How much you depend on him. And the Bible says, "You ask and you shall what? Receive. Seek and you shall what? Find. 
knock and the door shall be open. The reason why most children of God don't have the manifest presence of God with them in the, working out in their life is because you see, they are okay going to church. They are okay with the five-minute prayer they pray in church. They are okay with the corporate prayers, the corporate Bible they will do. They open the Bible on Sunday and they hear the word, all right? But beyond that, they don't have a personal relationship. Listen, you need to take your relationship with the Lord to another level. It's good to listen in church. It's good to come and sit in church. But you see, if you want him to be with you, if you want the anointing, the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit to begin to take over the affairs of your life, you have to pay a price of spending time alone with him. Seek it in. Seek it in. It rubs off on your life. Is somebody with me this morning? Oh, is somebody with me this morning? This is spiritual development. It's not negotiable. Amen. So let's go. I, I hope that my recap has been a blessing to you. Now, there is also something I just needed to say about personal development. Remember when I mentioned personal development, it has to do with in your spirit, your what? Soul and what? Your body. So the first one I've been talking, I just spoke about is the spiritual development, investment in your spirit. So let me give you another final definition of, for personal development before we go into what we want to teach today. Personal development is a process of making the necessary changes. Making the necessary changes and investment. Those words are very crucial. Personal development is making is the process of making the necessary changes. The process of making the necessary changes and investment in your life. So your life consists of your spirit, soul, and your body. So as to be better equipped in the pursuit of purpose and achievement of personal goals. I will say it again. Personal development is the process of making the necessary changes and investment in your life so as to be better equipped in the pursuit of purpose and achievement of personal goals. Let me say it one more time. Personal development is the process of making the necessary changes. You see, you, are, you know that this you need to change here, you need to change there. And as you are making those required changes, you are developing yourself. And investments, making, the process of making the necessary changes and investment. Investment is proactive. Investment is what you do when you don't need it. You don't invest money the day you need it. You invest the money ahead before you ever need it. Do you agree with me? So making the necessary changes and investment. So in other words, before any challenges will ever come to you, before you ever need to draw something from your life, you are already making that investment ahead. Investment ahead. Because investment is proactive. You make it long time. So that when the time comes, you can begin to reap the harvest from that investment. There is a time to sow. There is a time to reap. So personal development, you are sowing ahead. 
making the necessary changes and investments in your life. And what is the purpose of making that changes and those changes and investments? So that you can be better equipped in the pursuit of purpose. You are created for something. You are not a waste. God, everything about your life, God put it there because of the thing he wants you to achieve and who he wants you to do, what he wants you to do in this life. You have an assignment in life where you are born, your tribe, your country, everything about you. Even your stature, the school you have gone to, you think that your parents were the one making those decisions for you. But God has a plan for you. You see, when somebody's making a knife, they are designing a knife. They have a plan for designing a knife. There is a reason why a knife is different from a cutlass, even though both of them can cut something. So you will see that even to the handles, to the handle, to the, to the screw, to the kind of metal that is used or iron that is used, the manufacturer has a purpose in mind that this one is meant to cut meat, but this one is meant to cut tree. Everything about your life, God placed it there for a purpose. There is nothing about you that is there for a waste. You are the one that don't know why. You see, that is why you must develop yourself. Invest in yourself. Because you see, so many people die without fulfilling their purpose in life. They compare themselves to their friends. They try to be like their friends. They try to be like this, try to be like that. And they don't end up discovering their own uniqueness. Imagine if a knife is trying to be like a cutlass. It will live a life, that knife will live a life frustrated all through his career life, all through life. It will always complain because to the knife, it will look at what the cutlass is cutting and say, I'm good for nothing. Oh, why is my life like this? Look at my friend cutlass, cutting down big, big trees, cutting all those things. And me, I'm here. After 10 years, I'm not able to cut one tree. And you know, and we'll just be full of complaining, depressed. You know why? Because you see, Mr. Knife has not taken that time to look at himself or itself and say, why is my shape like this? Why am I designed like this? What is the purpose of this in my life? You see, those things, understanding those aspects of your life, knowing who you are, helps you to then know the purpose of God for your life. If I ask some of us, what's your temperament? You don't know. Your temperament has a role to play about the, even in the scheme of things that God has designed for your life. There's a reason why you're an introvert. There is a reason why your friend is an extrovert. There is a reason why you cannot talk as fast as your friends can talk. There's a reason why, you know, you are the way you are. And you see, if the knife discovers its purpose, it will be looking at the cutlass and realize that, oh boy, with all the things you are cutting, I'm enjoying more than you. Because you see, the knife is placed in a special place. The cutlass is not. Don't you realize that the knife, as the knife oftentimes is kept in the home, most people don't keep cutlass in the home. And if both of them are kept in the home, you will not place cutlass the same place you place the knife. Because you see, the knife is special for designed for a specific thing. Hallelujah. So when the, the cutlass is in the bush, 
doing his own. The man said, me, I'm, I'm, with, I'm even closer to the madam. I'm closer to the children. You see, the, everybody is created for something. But you see, that is what personal development does. It helps you to discover that special thing in your life. And, in, and you see, I've had people ask, what is the will of God for my life? You may not hear God say, my son, this is it. But you know something? All you need to do to know the will of God for your life is that begin to invest in yourself. As you begin to invest in yourself, you begin to discover what I call your signature talents. Your signature talent, you see, is that, is that area you exact the most effectiveness and force. In, in baseball, they call it your wheelhouse. Your, you know, the wheelhouse is when the player is moving. The place, just like, for instance, now, let's say somebody like Lionel Messi and Ronaldo. You see, these are the two um, fantastic players that has always, there's so much debate around both of them. But you know something? I hear one is left, uh, left leg. Which one is left leg? Mercy. So it means for Messi, his wheelhouse, the place, where he's most, if he finds it easy to do something, where he exerts, all right, where he exerts the most effectiveness and force is when the ball gets into that left leg. You know, it, the ball itself is mesmerized. Because you see, there is someone whose leg is straight in that leg. But Ronaldo, on the other hand, you see, if he tried to say, because I want to be like mercy, now let me begin to train my left leg, it will be frustrated. Come on, Ronaldo, stay with your right leg. Be happy with your right leg. You see, mercy is in his world, Ronaldo is in his world. But whether you like it or not, they are both great players. Hallelujah. And there is nobody called useless in life. We are all born to be great. Begin to invest. Make changes. As you are making those changes, you see that now you find yourself that, ah, as I'm becoming more disciplined, as I'm becoming more, um, I'm investing in books, studying, then things will begin to clear. Things will begin to clear. Instead of just waiting and saying, hey Lord, what is your will for my life? Hey brother, do you know what you need to do? Get to work and begin to put some life principles to work in your life. Begin to study hard. Begin to pray more. Begin to invest in relationship. You see, things becomes clearer. Most of us, what happens is that naturally we flow into the will of God by just developing ourselves. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope it, it is clear. So in pursuit of purpose and personal goal, see, your goal is your destination. Personal development is, you see, focusing on who you are. Knowing that the problem is not my goal. The problem is, am I equipped Am I fit enough to get to that destination? So goal is concerned about achieving more. Personal development is concerned about becoming a better person to achieve more. Do you understand the difference? So when you are talking about personal goal, you see personal goal says, I want to achieve more this year. I want to achieve more. But personal development says that, well, who do I need to be to be able to achieve more for my life this year? I, 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 do you understand the difference? So it's not personal goal. It's being a better person. Working on yourself so that you can do more in life. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Is somebody been blessed this morning? Now, the renewed mind. Because some of you were not here last week. And when you hear the it again, it will be as if you were not there last. The renewed mind. 
the renewed mind. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. According as his divine power had given unto us all things. Say with me, all things. All means everything, right? No exception. According as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue. You see, God had given us everything we need to be great in life. And the reason why most children of God are living a defeated life, a life that cannot be compared to what Jesus purchased on the cross, is not because of the lack of the blessings of God upon their lives, but because they don't know how to appropriate all the blessings that Jesus purchased for them on the cross. Most children of God don't even know who they are. So for instance, if you ask someone, who is Jesus to you? An average Christian will say, oh, he's my Lord and Savior, right? Yeah. But you see, if that is all that he did for us, then we have missed it in life. No. Jesus, as my Lord and Savior, is not the end result. It's a means to the end. If you stop at just receiving or believing that Jesus only came to save you from sin, then you have missed it. Why? Because it's like me bringing you out of debt. Yes, I have helped you by paying your debt. But paying your debt and you being debt free does not mean that you'll be rich. Do you agree with me? So if all that I've done for you, which is to save you from your, uh, your sin, or Jesus has done for us is to save us from our sin, is like saying, I just paid all your debt. But when I paid all your debt, I left you. That means in the next few years, you can be in debt again. Do you agree with me? So Jesus did not just come to save us from our sins. He's not just our Lord and Savior. He did much more than that for us. And what is it that he did? When he saved us from our sins, he canceled the debt we owe. That was phase one. That was part one. Then the next thing he did for us is that he brought us into a new life, which is called eternal life, which made us to become children of God. For as many as received him, to them gave him power to become what? Sons, daughters, children of God. So you must know that he did not just save us from our sins, he also credited us, our accounts, with all the things we ever need to be great in life, so that we don't have cause to be in debt again. So he brought us out of sin, then credited our account with his righteousness. That is called right standing with God. He put in us the life of God and made us children of God. So you see, he said, this is why we can say, Abba, 
Father. In other words, when you are a sinner, you cannot cry Father. So you see, the blood of Jesus first brought you out of sin. Then he signed the papers of adoption and say, you are no longer who you used to be. In fact, that record of your last life does not exist. Now, you are John Jesus. You are Felicia Jesus. In other words, the record of who you were had been wiped away. Remissions of sin. You are now a child of God. So you are not a former sinner now in Christ. You are actually a newborn babe in Christ. You are now a child of God. Full-blown child of God. The life of God is now in you. This is who you are. So your life on earth as a child of God is Supposed to reflect the life in heaven. This is the old design of Christianity. Christianity, thy kingdom come, thy will be what? Done on earth. You know, when they see a child of God, people should know that, oh, this is a child of God. You know, the Yoruba have a saying, they say, when you see the daughter or the son of a king, you always see a mark on, of, of royalty upon their life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, it's like some of you. Do you really understand what I'm saying? Fantastic. Now, there are gifts Jesus gave to us to appropriate his blessings in our life. One of them is our mouth. Our mouth. Most of us do not know that our mouth determines the direction of our life. We chart the course of our life with our mouth. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 8. Everybody go to Romans chapter 10, verse 8 with me. Romans 10, 8. Look at it. One of the gifts to give to us. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. To declare. You see, to preach here means to proclaim, to announce officially, publicly, to declare authoritatively. He said, the word is near thee, even in thy mouth. Which word? The word of faith, which we preach. Verse 9, I say, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the lordship of Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The word saved here is sozo. It means you will be restored. You will be healed. You will be made whole. You will be delivered, rescued from destruction. So you see, you see, if you will confess with your mouth, our mouth determines the course of our life. Most children of God just leave things to chance. You see, if you confess, you shall be saved. In other words, you want healing. You have to declare healing with your mouth. You want prosperity. You have to declare prosperity with your mouth. Your mouth is a gift from God to chart the course of your life. You cannot keep quiet. Look at what the Bible says in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 20. It says, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Proverbs 18 verse 20. And with the increase of his leaves shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they shall they that love it shall eat of the fruit thereof. In other words, is either you are your mouth is killing you or your mouth is saving you. I'll say it again. You know what? Is either your mouth is killing you 
or your mouth is what? Saving you. But you decide which one it is. Our mouth is a gift. The second gift that God gave to us is our mind. In, 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 in the scripture, is used sometimes the word art. They call the mind art. Sometimes they use the word art for it. They use the word soul for it. And sometimes they use the word interchangeably mind. All right. So you hear it again in Romans chapter 10. So if thou shalt confess with your mouth and believe with the heart. In other words, you believe with your mind. The lordship of Jesus, thou shalt be saved. Now today I want to focus on the mind. Because it's a, it's a very, very important aspect of our life. In Matthew 18, the Pharisees went to Jesus and asked. When they saw the disciples eating. And they said to him, said, Master, why is it that your disciples are eating? Like, they don't you know what they eat with the father? Jesus laughed and said, you are getting it all wrong. What a man eats does not defile him. He said in Matthew 18, uh, verse 20 thereabout, he said, Matthew 15, sorry, Matthew 15, 18 to 20. He answered the disciples, it is what comes out from the mouth. He said, that is the one that pollutes a man's life. He used the word defile. So what comes out of your mouth renders your life polluted. Renders the life of a man, not you. Has the power to render the life of a man defiled. In other words, any aspect of a man's life can be defiled by the power of his mouth. Any aspect. Any aspect. Now, before something can come out, it must have gone through the hearts, mind, process. Do you understand? So in other words, the mind processes it and expresses it through the mouth. That is why we need to understand the power of the mind. Now, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then when that happens, say, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's look at this verse 2. He said, be not conformed to this world. In other words, don't pattern your life like this world. He said, but be transformed. The Greek word is metamorpho. Where you have the English word metamorphosis. That's the Greek. And he said, be transformed. To be transformed means to be transfigured. Change from one level to another. Let your life change. Process your life to change. And what is it that will process your life for the change you are looking for? For the better life. He said, by the renewing of your mind. Make your mind anew. So you see, to soar, your mind needs to be renewed to move higher in life. The difference between where you are and where you need to be is the current state of your mind today. You are the totality of your mind. The sum total of your mind forms your, your personality. 
who you are today is an expression of your, the state of your mind. So for if you want a better life, all you need to do according to the word of God is what? Renew your mind. So the renewed mind is the transportation to the next level. Anytime you want to move to the next level, all you need to do is to renew your mind. You know, let me say this. Most people don't understand when we talk about the three dimensions. Man can be divided into two aspects. The outward man and the inward man. The outward man is the body. And let me explain. I want to explain the spirit, soul, and body to you so you understand. Um, can I have three people? Can I just have three people, please? Can I have three people? All right. Thank you. Yes, brother, come. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Oftentimes when people hear the word spirit, soul, and body, do you know what comes to mind? They think that, for instance, this is spirit, this is soul, this is body. Three different entities. But that is not how it is. Let's assume for the sake of illustration that this is body. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. That your spirit, soul, and body be renewed. This body, this is the spirit. But you see, the body have what we call the central nervous system. Can I have the picture of the central nervous system if I can get? There are, this body can be divided just into two aspects. On the screen, you see the part that is red and the part that is blue. Everything about the organs of the body, just two. Now, the red part is what we call the central nervous system, which is the brain and the spinal cord. That's a, that's a red part. The blue part, even though they appear so many, is called the peripheral nervous system. Do you know why? Because you see, in the human body, all the operations of the body is controlled from the brain. And there is a major, major um, nod that passes through. That is why out the backbone, the spinal cord is very strong. Because it houses a major nod. Let's call it a major wire for, for the sake of um, layman term. That red line you see, every other thing, that thing that goes straight to the brain, that knot that passes through the spinal cord is the one that every other veins, every other nerves, sensory nerves, every movement, the rest, is the one that is connected to it. That is why the spinal cord is a major bone in the body of any animal. Because it houses that, that point. Now, listen. The brain controls all the activities. You cannot separate his body from his brain, right? Can you? No, it's part and parcel of who he is. Now, the spirit has a soul. The soul of the spirit is what we call the nervous system in the body. 
So just as the body has the nervous system that controls sensories, seeing, thinking, every activity of the body, signals that send signals, the nervous system of the spirit is called what? Soul. So you see, the soul is part and parcel of this spirit. Watch. Now, the brain of the body, the spirit also has a brain. And that brain of the spirit, of the, which is now in the soul, is called the mind. So, what the brain is to the body is what the mind is to the soul. Do you understand right now? So now, listen. Human beings have the nervous system. The spirit has its own nervous system. It's called what? What's the nervous system called? The soul. The soul. So the blood veins, the blood artery, seeing, smelling, everything, all is connected by that nervous system. So that means the spirit, the nervous system of the spirit, which is the soul, can also see, can hear, can dream, can imagine, can think, can move. That is what happens when you are asleep sometimes. Or you dream about something that has not yet happened and the thing comes to pass. Your brain cannot conceive that. Your brain cannot conceive that. The spirit is at work. Remember in Luke chapter 16, when Lazarus died and the rich man, they were talking. He remembered Lazarus, the rich man, because you see, there is a nervous system here that keeps this spirit eternally alive. Now, the brain of the soul is called what? What's the brain of the soul? The mind. The mind. I hope it is clear. So it's not separated from the spirit. It's an integral part. But let me tell you what the mind does. When we say we are educating ourselves in the body, it means I am informing this body. I'm informing the brain. I'm training the brain. I'm developing my brain through knowledge to be a better person. So you see that the normal human being that did not go to school at all. When he sees some letters, it becomes gibberish to him. Because he has not been trained to understand those letters. So the brain can be trained through the use of the sensory organs, seeing and the rest. Watch now. This mind Hold him like this. Just hold his hand. I want to see the power of the mind. Even though it's part of the spirit. What happened is this. Watch. I can also train the mind. Externally. You see science is not able to discern. The different often time between the mind. The mind and the brain. But do you know where they are becoming more aware that there is more going on? Go and Google for what I'm about to say. They are now conducting so many experiments. They realize that when people die, that somehow, when they have said that they are clinically dead, they did so many experiments and that they asked those who came back to life. And those who came back to life said they were still alive. In fact, in one of the experiments, in one of the experiments, the person said he can still hear them. 
He was hearing what they were saying. And he mentioned the things they were saying. So science now is agreeing with the fact that when someone dies, somehow there is still activity going on. But you see, they don't want to acknowledge the fact that there is an afterlife, eternity. So they are not able to go. It's because if they keep going in that way, they will now land eventually in what the Bible had said. But if you go and Google for it, even last year they did an experiment. It's in, in leading university, they realized that no, there is, there is still activity. But they, they say that it's still the brain. That not means the brain is still alive. But how can the brain still be alive for that long when the body is clinically dead? Yes, maybe it still has some signal. But the, the thing is this, the mind, the mind, the mind is alive. And you can train your mind. You can develop your mind. You see, when you train your brain in earthly things, you become outstanding in life, right? So the reason why some of us, for instance, if I put up Greek on the screen right now, it looks so strange to you because you have not trained your brain to understand those letters. The moment your brain understands the letter, there will be difference between you and the other person. Listen to me. We train the mind to to the brain to do more on this earth. If you want to become successful spiritually, you must intentionally train your mind. Just as the brain, the developing of the brain gives you an advantage in life, the development of your mind gives you greater advantage in life. This is why the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. In other words, they are the people of God. But you see, their mind is not trained. So when the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, it means, A, don't leave your mind to work, to, to bear. Be intentional about it. Do something about it. This is the difference between most Christians, the state of their mind. How far you are today is not because all of us are not children of God. But you realize that even though we all claim we are children of God, some are seeing more results than the other. Go and check. You see, those who see more results often, their mind, they are developing it seriously. They don't take for granted their mind. Thank you, brothers. Clap for them. So there are things that you must get rid of. For instance, you know, when you see somebody say that I've done everything I need to do, just check. Access the hard drive of the person. If there is a virus, for instance, in a computer, is the memory does not carry the virus. The hardware itself does not carry the virus. It's the software that carries the virus. And do you know what happens when the software is having infected with virus? Do you know what happens? It begins to affect how the hardware functions. In fact, Sometimes there are some viruses that when you type A, it can turn into another thing. Meanwhile, the keyboard is still there, physically there, doing what it ought to do. But you see, because the operating system has been corrupted, the entire hardware is now, being, is, is, is now appearing useless. That is what happens when the mind is not renewed. You see, when the mind is not renewed, sickness is there, but you cannot cast the sickness out. Disease is there. The child of God is as poor as anything. Because you see, his mind has not been trained 
to in those principles. He just think that God will just make me rich overnight. No. When, so when you begin to assess the hard drive, renewing the mind, you begin to now scan. For instance, let's talk about fear of failure. You know, fear of failure can become, if left unchecked, can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. When you just believe me, I, I can't. Do you realize that anytime you believe you cannot do something, you can't do it? The moment you say, for instance, I am tired, I am tired, I am tired. What happens to your body when you say you are tired? The big body begins to shut down. Now, look at the same you that your body is shutting down as you are going on, you are telling yourself, look at the power of the mind. If I just get home now, I will just eat the bed. I will just eat the bed. I will just sleep. You see, what you are doing at that moment is that you are programming your mind to tell your body what to do. Do you know when you get home, that's what you are going to do? Now, listen to me. The same you, you got to the house just as you are about to sleep, you saw a snake. No. You, as you go to your bed, you just want to jump on the bed. You just say, Psst. How many of you will say, I've said I'm tired, I will just sleep? How many of you will do that? What will happen to that tiredness? What will happen to that tiredness? Now, I thought you were tired. So, you realize that instantly the same body even if that body was going through pain the power of adrenaline that is injected at that moment fear uh, fright and what flight all right reprograms the body even until that whole season is over maybe even the snake is now chasing you the same you that says you cannot jump a fence you will see that you have the ability to jump a fence all along. You will jump the fence even if you enjoy, you will not know. Do you agree with me? Because maybe as you are jumping the fence, the snake is also jumping with you. Then there's a mode that has been there. Alright? That you did not know existed. Or in fact, the old tiredness becomes a thing of the past in your life. It tells you that what goes on in your mind affects your attitude and action in life. Is somebody with me? There are things you could have, you see, what are you saying in your mind? The state of your mind is what the time, you see, so the man, because of a new program now, healing has come. So, do you understand that this is the same thing, in the realm of the spirit, there are spiritual adrenaline too. There are adrenaline spiritual adrenaline that can reprogram your mind for success that that sickness will not be able to hold you bound anymore that failure will not be able to hold you bound anymore that is why the bible says be transformed by what the renewing of your mind somebody says you you know for instance let me say something somebody say we we gain some we lose some so you have programmed your mind that you always gain some and you will lose some. It's a wrong programming. Why? Because the moment you believe that you always win some and you lose some, the moment you are facing a battle and you are losing, instead of you to fight, what will happen to you? You said, I will eat that leaves. We fight another word. But what if you say to yourself, I will always win in life. I always win in every battle. 
So the moment you are going to that battle, you say to yourself, I can never lose in my life. I have, I, because can, can you imagine Jesus saying, I will win some, I will lose some. No. Can Jesus talk like that? Because it's a mind that he carried. Say, even though he slay me, he said, in, I will rise again. Say, I, Jesus never believes he can lose some. It's the mind of Christ. That is why the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Not the mind that you inherited from this world. It's the mind of Christ. And you say to yourself, I can never lose in my life. Before I used to say that, you know, everybody gets discouraged. Everybody gets discouraged. But one day I asked myself, the mind of Christ, can Jesus say that everybody gets discouraged? I, then I look. Jesus never said that. So I said to myself, I would never be discouraged in my life. I began to say to myself, nothing can discourage me. Now listen, the people in the world we hear that say, oh boy, let's be real. Let's be real. Do you know my reality? My reality is what is in the word of God. Not what man is trying to tell me. It is time to reprogram your mind. Is somebody with me? So let's quickly look. Let's define the renewed mind. I hope somebody's been blessed this morning. <laughs> because this year you are going to succeed more than ever before. Oh, I don't know if you're the one. Look at your neighbor. Say, watch, look at me. I'm succeeding more than ever before this year. So the renewed mind is the mind that has been informed refined and developed by the word of God. The renewed mind is the mind that has been informed, refined, and developed. Informed. You are soaking in the word of God. Refined. It has been processed. It's been processed and developed. By the word of God. By the word of God. So I will say it again. The renewed mind is the mind that has been informed, refined, and developed by the word of God. So renewing of the mind is the process of educating the human spirit. So when I say I'm renewing my mind, all right, or the Bible said that renew your mind, it is the process of educating the human spirit and the spiritual senses and the spiritual senses. Renewing the mind is the process of educating the human spirit and the spiritual senses, which in turn leads to the education of the mind. Is the process of educating the human spirit and the spiritual senses, which in turn leads to the education of the mind through the instrumentality of the word of God. So you educate your spirit and the spiritual senses, which in turn educates your mind. And what is it that we use to do this education? The word of God. The word of God. The word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Renewed mind. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Look at it now. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and what? Spirits. And of the joint and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. 
is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. Now, let me give you something. You know when the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When your mind is renewed, it then said that you may prove. Give me back Romans chapter 12 verse 2. That you may prove that which is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now the word prove there is the Greek word dokimazo. Dokimazo. And it means to, to examine, to scrutinize, to recognize something as genuine. And I will explain. To examine, to scrutinize, to recognize something as genuine. Now, let me give you what it means. Dokimazo. Watch it. Listen. Just listen. You can then write it in your own way. But to prove means to examine, to scrutinize, to test whether something is genuine. We are looking at the genuity of this. To recognize something, to approve something, to prove means, to, you know, when upon examination, you look at it, this thing is original. So whenever you determine, you look at something like this. Do you know what you are doing? That's dokimazo. You look at it like this and say, ah, this is genuine. Now, let me give you an instance. Let's take a young man who moved into a new house and upon maybe trying to clear the house, saw this big chain, gold chain. He's not sure whether this is an original gold or not. So this man, this young man or this man, then took this chain to the goldsmith. Watch. The goldsmith takes the chain in and begins to run some tests on the chain. After running some series of tests, the goldsmith comes out to say, my brother, this is a 24 karat gold. You know when they say 24 karat? Gold is rated from 10, 14, 18, and um, 24 is the highest. 24 means it's 100% pure gold. 18 means it's about 75%. 14 means it's about 45 thereabouts. But the man comes to tell you that this metal, after running series of tests, is a 24 karat gold. My good God. And maybe it weighs 1 kg. So he tells you, oh boy, keep it well oh. Is an original. What that man just did is called what in Greek? Dokimazo. He examined and determined that the metal is genuine. That is Dokimazo. He ran some tests and he placed his seal of approval on it and says, this is what? An original. It's not a fake. In Greek, what does that mean? What does that mean? Dokimazo. That is, he has proved it. Now, I want to add that illustration in your mind. Now, let's take a look again. A man or a woman was told by a doctor that he had a disease. 
Maybe they call it a degenerative disease. Now, upon getting home, she receives a call from one of her friends, who meant good, and said, hello, my sister. I had a dream. You know, in that dream, I saw that you had a sickness. Even before you ever told me of the one you had. And you know, I saw the Lord telling me that in that dream, that he's going to use this sickness to draw you nearer. He's going to use this sickness to bring your family together. This sickness is from God because he wants to use it to make you more holy. So it is the will of God for you to go through this trying affliction. The woman drops. Then another person calls and says, Hello, my sister. I heard of your sickness. I heard of the thing, the disease that the report from the doctor. But you know, I want you to know that we are going to cast this thing out. It's an affliction from the pit of hell. It, we have to deal with it. Now watch. Two people have called the same person. Right? And you can see one is saying he had a dream. She had a dream. And the sickness is from God. And God wants to use that sickness to draw her clear to herself. But this one even is not really say, you know, I heard from God. He just said, no, this is from hell. It's from the pit of hell. We have to cast it out. Which one do you think she should believe? Which one do you think she should believe? Oh, those of you are on this side. Which one? No, be honest. Because the other person genuinely had a dream. And she heard God. Shouldn't she believe the other person? She should believe, right? Because the person actually said she heard from God. And number two, she had go and tell my daughter, this sickness is from me. But you know something? This is where the Bible said that renewing your mind that you may prove. Now watch. What should this woman do? She just need to engage in dokimazo. How? You have the word of God. You see, the word of God is God's thoughts clothed in vocabulary. The word of God is the mind of God that has been clothed in human vocabulary so that we can understand what is in his mind for us. What is his thoughts, his will for us in any circumstances we find ourselves. So what should this woman do? She asked Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the original that, Jesus, that wrote about Jesus. So what should she do? She should take these two reports, like, like, the, like the goldsmith, right? Then what will she do? Begin to examine them, test it, and begin to look. Where in the Bible did Jesus say, I'm going to use sickness to humble you. I'm going to use disease to draw your family nearer. So she's testing it. She's going through the word. By the time she finished Matthew and Luke, is there anywhere in Matthew, Mark, and Luke that Jesus ever said that he's going to use sickness to humble us? 
Huh? No, look at me. Is there any way he said he's going to use disease to humble us? So you see, when she ran the test of the first dream on the word of God, through the word of God, what will he say? Failed, right? Because there is no evidence. There is, he's failing the test of the word. But by the time she takes the other one that says is an affliction from hell, we are going to cast it out. So she begins to run it. And she sees that every time Jesus comes across a sickness, what does he do? He either is casting out a demon, casting out an unclean spirit, saying, hey, or healing the people by his word. So you see, by the time she runs the test on the word of God, she will find out that this other one from this woman passes the test of the word of God. Are you with me, somebody? So now, she has now under, she has proven, you know, people say that it's three will. No, it's not three will. He's just saying that the will of God is good for you. The will of God is perfect for you. The will of God is the best for you. It's the same will of God. It does not mean that the three dimensional one will of God is better than the will of God. No, it's the same will of God. What is that good and perfect will of God for your life? So, you know, now, now this woman realized that this is the will of God for me. That I should be healed. Then she takes those words. Then goes before the Lord in prayers in the name of Jesus. Oh, you foul spirit of infirmity. You have no place in my body. For it is written by his stripes I have been healed. Right now I speak to you. You see, what's she, what she doing? She's not exercising her authority in the word. You see, now it's not because our pastor said. It's not because... She heard it from somewhere. It's because, you see, to, by your mouth, say you, shall, you shall make confession. Confession means you are speaking the same thing that God had said. You are speaking the thoughts and the mind of God concerning that situation. Your mind has now been renewed. That sickness is not a sign of humility. That sickness is not a sign of drawing me closer to God. Your mind has now been renewed, educated by the instrumentality of the word of God. Now you know the will of God. That there is no place for sickness in the life of a child of God. You then stand on the authority of the word of God and begin to address that sickness this is what the world does not understand when we say in the name of Jesus I command you they say who are you to command because you see I have a revelation in the word of God that I am a child of God I have the authority of God upon my life I carry the DNA of God and he said whatever I bind on earth shall be bound in heaven so he has given me power to try pull upon serpents and upon scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing somebody said nothing no devil from the pit of hell nothing shall by any means maybe through my dream maybe through the food I eat maybe through anything I do nothing in this world shall by any means any instrumentality you know something it means that when they are even doing enchantment you say it cannot harm me when they are doing their concussion say nothing shall by any means any means means no matter the formula the devil uses or his agent when it comes to you 
It can harm others, but it cannot harm you. It can't harm you. It can't harm you. It can't harm you. That is why you need to renew your mind. You need to spend time with the word and stay with what God has said. I declare over your life in this season. The last time you will ever fail was the last time you failed. From today, I declare, you are entering into a season of unending success in your life. Every file of failure, inferiority complex, things that makes you look at yourself and say you are not good enough, things that makes you look at yourself because and makes you define yourself by your past mistakes, and say, hey, if you had known, listen to me. Today, by the instrumentality of the word of God, they are pulled down in the name of Jesus. Amen. I declare over you, you are a success. I declare over you, you are making progress. I declare over you, you are achieving great results. I declare in the name of Jesus that you are going to have a fantastic 2023. Amen. I declare that no wickedness will triumph over you. Amen. I declare that you are walking in abundance. Amen. I declare that your season of struggle is over forever. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Say with me, that is my portion. My portion. Stand to your feet, put your hand together for Jesus. Oh, can you be defeated? Are you going to win some and lose some? Or you will always win? Say with me, I will always win. Go ahead and just bless the Lord this morning. I know the will of God for my life. I know the will of God for my life. Amen. As we're praying, there's someone here. Listen, you are really, really battling with inferiority complex. You struggle with self-esteem. You are defining your life by your past mistakes. There are some decisions you made in time past that perhaps you look back and you are still regretting. And you are beating yourself over it. Listen to me. You are not your mistake. You are not that mistake. God is not looking down on you. Stop beating yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror today. And say to yourself, how wonderful I am. My future is great. You are designed for a purpose. Even the mistakes... God is using them 
for his glory in your life. So forgive yourself. It is time to celebrate yourself. You have been very hard on yourself. You've been very hard on yourself. I don't know who you are. But you have been very hard on yourself. Listen to me. God is with you. Everything is going to end well for you. Take it from me because this is the word of God. Everything will end well for you. Amen. And mark it this year. As you accept the reality of God for your life. And do away with that mindset that has tormented you for so long. You will see God opening new doors for you. Amen. Opportunities that you don't even expect are coming to you. Amen. You will see God lifting you up high. Beyond your own imaginations. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this one. Every stronghold of inferiority complex, discouragement, depressions, stronghold that as the enemy has used to torment this ones. Today, in the name of Jesus, I pull down these strongholds. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now I declare over your life, it is well with you. Amen. From today, the reality of the word of God has become your reality. Amen. It doesn't matter what the people have said about you, but I say unto you, your future is great. Amen. I say unto you, your best is yet to come. Amen. I say unto you, you are just started. The good days are now here for you. Amen. I say unto you, it is not over for you. Now begin to move forward. Amen. Begin to see great things. Amen. Begin to see good things. Amen. The help of God is located. Amen. Thank you, Father Thank God. You, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shout a louder, amen. Amen. Do you mind if I pray for you? If you want to give your life to Jesus, just place your right hand on your chest and say these words after me. You see, I need you to just do that today. Now say this one after me. Say, I confess. I confess with my mouth, with my mouth that, Jesus that Jesus is the Son of God. Is the Son of God. He died for my he sins. For my sins. He, was buried, he was buried and he rose from the grave. And he rose from Today, the grave. Lord Jesus, Today, Lord Jesus, I confess you, I confess as, my Lord, as my Lord and my personal Savior. Thank you for saving my soul. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for all those who have prayed this prayer online and in person. That today marks a new beginning in their lives. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, put those hands together for the Lord. Wow. Hallelujah. You may please be seated. Say with me, my best is yet to come. Oh, are you sure? Can you put on a good smile? Just smile. Now we are going to be continuing in second. Second service is going to be hot and spicy. I tell you. We just scratched the first part of the renewed mind. I can't wait for the second service. All right. I tell you, it's going to be glorious time. Now, but before we go, I just want us to bring out our substance as we honor the Lord with our substance today. As we honor the Lord with our substance today. Bring out your offerings. Those of you who want to give your first fruits, you can also give your first fruits. Remember that next week Sunday is our first fruit Sunday where we are coming to honor the Lord with our first fruit of the year.
all right the renewed mind does not have a problem giving to god because it knows that you you can never outgive god you can never outgive god say gather unto me my children that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice so you see your sacrifice is a sign of your covenant with god glory be to god now lift up your offerings your substance as we honor the lord with it father thank you for every substance we honor you with oh precious father be glorified in the name of jesus i declare over your children you are blessed and prosperous your season of begging is over you are a giver you live in abundance thank you father for prosperity it is our portion in jesus name we pray shout a louder amen hallelujah you can go ahead and give your offerings the lord bless you greatly amen all right now before we we call it um, um a day for the first service i quickly want to welcome those of you who are joining us for the very first time um today in this service today is your first time here i want to celebrate you today um can you just wave your hands to me if today's your first sunday here anybody like that just wave your hands to me we want to recognize and celebrate wow there is somebody there there is another person oh please clap for them and those who are joining online i celebrate you all god bless you greatly amen i can tell you that God has ushered you to Royal Grace Chapel because you will be empowered for success. Our vision is to empower for success. And I trust the Lord that in this place, stepping in here today, right, has been opened unto you a new chapter of success story in your life. In the name of Jesus. Please kindly go ahead and fill the, the details that are displaying on your screen. And um, those of you who have the ones, the cards, fill it. Then after the service, our team will be hosting you to a reception under the canopy there. And those of you who send us mail will be reaching out to you. And we trust the Lord that He has begun a good work in your life. We perfect it more and more in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Please clap for them one more time. God bless you. Can we stand to our feet? Stand to our feet. Now, very important. Um, Wednesday is 1st of February. So we are... We are going to be having new month prayer, Rise to Glory special. It's going to be 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. All right. It's a communion service and um, a communion and breakthrough service for the new month. One thing is certain the month of February will be full of greater testimonies for you in the name of Jesus. So don't miss Rise to Glory um, on Wednesday. And Sunday is Thanksgiving Sunday. Next week, Sunday is Thanksgiving and first fruits first fruit first fruit is our first income our first increase for the year we are bringing it to honor the lord so i want you to come with a open heart as we and those of you who have testimonies make sure you register on out there so that we can call your testimonies so the testimony desk is there register your testimonies we can take it this sunday and we also take some next week sunday father thank you for your children i declare that this week will be full of great things for you in the name of Jesus, I declare over your life in the name of Jesus that this week no evil will be for you. No evil will be for you. This week will be full of testimonies. You cannot be defeated. Therefore, you are moving from victory to victory, from glory to glory. Your relationship with God will be stronger. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Now, there is one important announcement that I need not to miss. From tomorrow, we are starting our seven days fasting and prayer. The final uh, for this first month, last part. You know, we broke it down. And those of you who attended the seminar last week, the conference, I'm sure you have filled your documents. You filled those forms. Now, we are praying. We are going to start praying from tomorrow all the way to Sunday. Friday is a special vigil. Breakthrough night vigil. Amen. So, it's our first vigil of the year on Friday. So, don't miss it. It's breakthrough night. Now, as you pray, the 1 p.m., all the various chapels, all right, will be gathering every day, 1 p.m., to do the breaking of fast prayer for you, all right, at your level, uh, uh, for all members, workers, um, theirs is 5 to 6 p.m., all right, so it's a, it's a seven day, so next week, Sunday, you can imagine, on Friday, we are praying, I don't want you to come, I want you to come and soak yourself in the mind of the Spirit, this Friday vigil, it, I'm telling you, it's not like you are going to have the time to, to interact with the Holy Ghost, so don't miss breakthrough night, and remember Wednesday, so this week, is a week of intense spiritual activity so carry your paper for the year and begin to breathe upon them in the place of prayer breathe upon them lord these are my goals for this year in the name of jesus you know and begin to fast and pray so you can break by 1 p.m all our workers are breaking by 6 p.m all right for the and we are on sunday after service we'll all break uh, we can go and break for uh, the fast after the service the lord bless you can we take our confession of faith one to go I'm a royal. I enjoy the best. I'm a child of the king. I can never be defeated. Lions are falling onto me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. Swearing, I confession of faith. 